Welcome to episode two of the Baby Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing that great big vast subject and the question that's on all of your minds. Why won't my baby stop growing? Hopefully, I can give you some answers you've been looking for. So, why won't your baby stop growing? I know right now that you probably can't remember the last time you had a full night's sleep or even a hot cup of tea. You probably haven't managed to wash your hair for a few days or eat properly. You may even feel like you're beginning to lose the plot a little bit. When you've not had enough sleep for a while, thinking clearly becomes fairly difficult. Even speaking becomes a struggle and you may find yourself stumbling over words trying to get a sentence out. I'm guessing that you're probably living in a constant state of anxiety, not knowing why your baby is crying or what you can do about it. I think for me, one of the hardest situations I've observed is when your baby is in pain during and after eating. So your baby cries because they're hungry, you feed them and then they're in more pain afterwards. You can reach that impossible place where you feel guilty for feeding your baby because you know it's going to cause them extreme pain. It's an absolutely crazy situation to be in. You're possibly likely swinging between fear, anxiety, possibly even a little bit of guilt at resenting your baby slightly. No one likes to say these kind of things out loud, but it's completely human to resent this little human, beautiful bundle that has taken over your life. Um, And that's okay. You're allowed to feel whatever emotion passes through you without any guilt. Because let's name it, you're in a living nightmare. You've looked forward to this moment for so long and the joy that you should be allowed to experience right now is being stolen from you and your baby. Those precious bonding moments that everyone talks about are not possible for you right now. And it's okay to feel sad about that. You're also quite possibly, without knowing it, living in a mild state of shock uh, because you didn't see this coming. Not in a million years did you expect this experience that you're living now. You know, let's put these cards on the table and talk about them. Whatever emotion you're feeling right now is okay and no one is judging you for it because you are doing your absolute best and that is enough. But of all the emotions you may be experiencing right now, I imagine that the very worst one is that of feeling helpless. Having to watch your innocent baby suffering and having no tools left in your bag to pull out. So that's my job. You've emptied your bag of tricks and that is good because you've created space and I'm now going to fill that space with some new tricks. I want to start this journey with you by saying None of this is your fault. You've done nothing wrong and there is nothing you could have done differently to prevent this situation. There will have been a series of events that led you to this point that were completely out of your control. Identifying what those events were will help you to figure out what your next step may be in your quest to ease your baby's pain. I can't give you all the answers in one podcast episode, but I can give you a helicopter view of how I approach an unsettled baby, and hopefully that will start to give you some clarity. 
I do have one little caveat attached to this podcast, and that is that it can only be listened to with a cup of tea and a biscuit. I want you to, dear mum and dear papa, to give yourself permission to take a little bit of self-care time because you are your baby's medical advocate. They need you to figure this out for them and you can't do it if you don't take care of yourself. So take a little time to sit with me now in a quiet place, close the door and commit this time to learn on behalf of your baby so that I can give you the knowledge you need to help your baby. Just a little disclaimer before I start talking specifics. You must have the all clear from your doctor before you listen to any of my advice. The work I do is for clinically clear babies who do not need medical assistance. So when a baby presents to me that is relentlessly crying, what I am looking for is the source of their pain. Now, in my experience, there is rarely one source of pain. There are usually multiple causes layering up one on top of each other, creating the big result that you're probably experiencing now. And this is why it is very difficult for you as parents to unravel the situation, because you might resolve one source of pain, such as lactose intolerance, by switching to a lactose-free milk. But if the other multiple sources of pain are not resolved, you may not see a significant response. So you will assume that lactose actually wasn't an issue and stop that intervention. Why wouldn't you make this assumption? If you don't see an immediate positive response, it is completely logical to assume that it is not the course. So this is the first big mistake I find parents are making by looking for one singular cause of your baby's discomfort. You are going to really struggle to find a resolution because by the time a baby is inconsolable for the majority of the day, there are usually multiple causes all contributing their little percent. So we need to identify all of these causes and unravel them one at a time. By the time a baby reaches my door, they have been medically cleared by the GP and often the hospital as well, um, multiple times. Yes, you are not alone in your multiple trips to the GP and A&E. It is highly distressing when your baby appears to be in permanent agony. So it is completely normal that you have uh, know your GP on a first name basis. So this makes my job a lot easier. When a baby is medically clear, there are only three systems in the body that I need to look at for the source of pain. The digestive system, the immune system, and the musculoskeletal system, which is the muscles, bone, and joints. Because that's the only places left to look. What I love about the human body is that it is very predictable. The anatomy and physiology is the same in everyone, so when something is not functioning as it should, it's not as difficult as you might imagine to figure out what's gone wrong. It's a little bit like a car. When I take my car into the garage to be fixed, I'm always in awe at how easily the mechanic sorts it out. Uh, He knows where to look for the malfunctions in the engine and corrects it in a very relaxed way. So it's a little bit the same for me when I'm presented with a distressed baby. There's certain places within the functioning of the body that I need to look to find the malfunction. And it's not as complicated as it looks from the outside. 
So I'm an osteopath primarily, uh, secondarily a naturopath. So the first place I always look is the musculoskeletal system. That means muscles, bones, joints, tendons. So I'm basically looking for initially tension. Is there anywhere in the body of the baby where muscles are tight? And the most common areas I find that to be the case is in the neck. Very often babies are born able to hold their head up. And I don't know how much you you know, I'm sure you most people know this, but a newborn baby should not be able to hold its head up. It's been floating around in a sack of water for nine months. It, its muscles should have no power whatsoever. So if a baby is born able to hold its head up, that means that its neck muscles are essentially in spasm. Now, spasm is when the muscles have contracted so tightly that they can't relax. So they are essentially splinting the, the baby's neck, holding it upright. So if an adult has neck muscles in spasm, that is extremely painful. Um, I don't know if you've ever you know, had a sore neck uh, or woken up with a crick in your neck. It's extremely painful and long term, very tight, even if they're not in spasm, very tight muscles in a neck of an adult will cause tension headaches. Um, they, they can refer pain down the arms. So it's safe to assume that if a baby has neck muscles in spasm or even if not in spasm, they're very tight, they're going to be in a lot of pain. So these are the kind of areas I'm looking for. So that's just one example of musculoskeletal pain. There are lots of areas that a baby can be in tension, can be holding tension, um, and it depends on what their labour was. Maybe a baby was induced. Uh, maybe they uh, were transverse live for a lot of the pregnancy and didn't have enough room. Uh, maybe they were born by forceps. Maybe fontouse. There's lots of things that can occur you know, tracking back, looping this back to the events that happened that were out of your control. Labour is one of those things. There are many things that can happen during labour that can leave residual tension in your baby that can cause them to have a headache uh, or neck pain or pain somewhere. So your job isn't to know where the pain is or where they're tight. You don't have to suddenly miraculously become medically able to assess your baby's tension levels, but it is worth in this situation taking your baby to an osteopath just to rule out musculoskeletal tension. It's just a really good place to start. Sticking with the musculoskeletal system, the next thing I will check in a baby is the tongue. I'm checking for a tongue tie. You may or may not have heard of that, but there is a little piece of tissue that runs from underneath the tongue to the floor of the mouth and it attaches the tongue to the floor of the mouth. And in most babies, it's absolutely fine and normal. That is just normal anatomy. But in many babies, it is tight. So long story short, if that little piece of tissue is tight, it restricts the function of the tongue. And the end result is that the baby can swallow more air. Now that results often in reflux because if the baby swallows a lot of air, they will have to uh, posit that air up. Uh, even if it's not posited up, it goes down further down and it can cause a lot of pain in the baby. Yeah? Excessive uh, gas or wind air bubbles in the stomach of the baby and the intestine of the baby is very painful. So tongue tie is a biggie, really needs checking. So when it comes to musculoskeletal system, we're also looking for feeding position and winding position because the position that you feed your baby in can, will affect their ability to latch and their ability to feed 
effectively. So for this, I recommend that you see an IBCLC um, or I don't know whatever country you're in. It's called a feeding specialist. The position that the baby's head is in and feeding in um, dramatically affects uh, how much air they're swallowing. So moving to winding positions. So winding, often you think you've winded your baby, but they still actually got quite a lot of wind down, uh, air bubbles down in their tummy, and that can cause them a lot of pain. So it really is worth taking time to uh, com- consult a feeding specialist to ensure that you've really learned all the best techniques. Um, every baby is different. While anatomy is the same, some babies do have a tight diaphragm, some, you know, if they're holding tension, some winding techniques just don't work for some babies. And every baby will have its particular position that allows that air to easily pop up. So it's really worth investing time, either researching, reading, or I think the fastest, quickest way, if you have a very unsettled baby, is just to consult a feeding specialist and get them to teach you Uh, their top tricks, but also figure out what's best for your baby. Then I move on to assessing the digestive system. Now, it may seem like it's a complicated thing, the digestive system, but in my experience, I just, I kind of simplify everything down. And with babies, essentially, the core root, there's only two things a baby needs to digest. They're, you know, they're drinking milk from whatever source or whatever form. And there's only two things I need to digest, and that is protein and lactose. So lactose is a sugar and is digested by an enzyme. And protein is not a not a sugar, it's protein, it's amino acid building blocks. And so it's digested primarily by, well, it's very complicated, but primarily simplify it down, it's bacteria. So if we're looking at why a baby isn't digesting protein, often we need to look at their gut biome. Do they have the right bacteria present in their gut? to digest that protein. So often a baby has been antibiotic exposed and so they've had their they their gut's been stripped. So very often babies that are struggling to digest protein will really benefit from probiotics, uh, which can be administered uh, orally uh, directly to the baby or if the mother's breastfeeding, she can take them herself. Probiotics for me are absolutely crucial to uh, to helping an unsettled baby. Uh, because whatever the many causes of pain, one of them is very often uh, antibiotic exposure, either intrauterine if the mother was given antibiotics or during labour. So when it comes to lactose, lactose is a sugar that's digested by an enzyme called lactase enzyme. So many mothers, when you're looking at addressing why a baby's di- you know not not digesting well, you'll you'll look at consider something called CMPA, cow's milk protein allergy. And so you'll take cow's milk out of your diet. And that is great. But the only thing that that removes from the baby's diet is protein. It doesn't remove lactose because the your breast tissue produces lactose as a normal constitution because it's a very, very important sugar, a milk sugar sugar for the brain so it's produced by the breast tissue it's not absorbed through you know you taking cow's milk in your diet so many babies may be allergic to cow's milk protein that is is common but uh, often it's not that it's the lactose they're struggling to digest the lactose so 
The easiest way to assist a baby, there's lots of reasons for a baby to struggle to digest lactose, antibiotic exposure being one of them. But if you can think that your baby may be struggling to digest lactose, and you will see very strong signs of this, the most common is green, dirty nappies, green poops, should we call them poops? Who knows? It's difficult to know what to call it. Green poops, um, and often they are frothy, uh, or they are very... explosive or and they're very runny that's the green frothy runny explosive poos is a very clear indicator that uh, a gut is struggling to deal with lactose so a very quick and easy thing to do and you want might want to discuss this with your medical practitioner is to supplement the baby with lactase enzyme in the uk it's known as co-leaf it's um all you're doing in that situation is just accepting that for a known or unknown reason the baby is struggling to digest lactose um so in that case we just supplement it we just make sure that they've got enough lactose lactase enzyme in their stomach in future podcasts i will go in great depth into my understanding of lactose and protein digestion and all the whys and wherefores but for now i'm just trying to give you a helicopter view and quick top tips to help you kind of really address your immediate situation which is very distressing so lastly it's good to consider allergies many babies are allergic to milk they are allergic to many things that the mother's eating you know common allergies are to things like like tomatoes there's a whole list of different foods that babies are commonly react to but when you're considering allergies it's really important to consider the difference between an intolerance and an allergy because a food intolerance uh, for example lactose it, lactose intolerance is just it's the digestive system the digestive system is intolerant it's unable to digest something so just because a baby is intolerant to something and is struggling to digest something doesn't mean that they're allergic the symptoms of allergy and intolerance often overlap but an allergy is a response of the immune system to a food substance that's entered its body so it's a very different kind of biochemical response the immune system is not the gut the gut and intolerance is when the gut is struggling to digest something an allergy is when the immune system is reacting to something that's entered the body of the baby um so because these symptoms are often very similar i do find that babies are often diagnosed cmpa you know allergic and they're not allergic they're just intolerant so that's something for you to kind of explore with your medical advisor. Allergies are really something that yeah, you need to see a professional to figure that out and a naturopath or your doctor or there are lots of allergy specialists, you know, you 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 will see a lot of signs like, you know, eczema, uh, inflamed eyes. If your baby is allergic, it's it can be nasty, you know, allergies are not nice. I find intolerances are much milder. So allergies, just something to put on your radar that there may be something you are eating as a mother that your baby is reacting to. Sometimes it's strawberries. It's the most, often the most bizarre things. So just consult with someone just to figure that out. Intolerances and allergies. I know I'm really like not going into depth on this, but that is because it is a vast subject and you really need help to figure it out. But just make sure when you do consult someone, make sure you really consult someone who is 
deeply trained in nutrition, is as medically professionally trained as possible, but with a very deep understanding of nutrition and the gut. Um, Many people do not have the depth of knowledge that you need to figure out allergies in a baby. So just do a lot of research and just find the best person you can. In naturopathy, we do use something called an exclusion diet. And that will literally mean (laughs) you get the list of known allergens such as wheat, dairy, Uh, citrus, you know, tomatoes and strawberries, and you cut them out of your diet one at a time, or you do a complete exclusion. So you cut everything out all at once, and then you bring one in at a time and see if your baby kind of becomes unsettled when you introduce any one of them, because you will know very quickly uh, when you reintroduce a food into your diet, you will know very quickly if a baby is allergic to it. So, but I still, again, I don't recommend you do this by yourself. Do this under the care of someone you trust who has the training and education that you need to figure it all out because that's what it is. It's figuring it all out. And I know that this might sound very complicated, but I promise you it's not. It's I work with babies all day, every day, and I expect to have my babies happy and resolved within four weeks. Four weeks is what it takes for me and the parents to figure it out. You run through these three systems and we're just looking like mechanics in the car. We're just looking for where things are malfunctioning and or not functioning as optimally. You don't always know why. So often you do know why if you've got a history of antibiotic exposure in the baby or you've got a history of, you know, the head being in an awkward position during labor or an induction or a forceps. Very often you, you've got very clear, obvious reasons for a baby to be in discomfort, but often you don't. It's all clear. And you just put your little Sherlock Holmes hat on and you run through the system and you, you figure it out. So I guess in this episode, I just wanted to bring to your attention the main causes of a very distressed baby that you can deal with very quickly this week. You know, you can see an osteopath to get the baby's tension levels checked. You can see a tongue tie specialist to rule out a tongue tie. You can consult with a nutritionist or a doctor or a nurse or someone you trust to look at the digestion of the baby. You can trial through your under your doctor's advice utilizing co-leaf. You can uh, consult with a feeding specialist to check on your feeding positions and your winding techniques. So there's just a really great place to start and you might find that you're done. Very often if, if a baby has a neck muscles that are in spasm, just a couple of osteopathic treatments and you have a happy baby. If they are struggling with uh, lactose and you you introduce co-leaf very often you're done you're cooked they're antibiotic exposed and you, you introduce probiotics you can see very fast results in a baby it's just often <laughs> here's the thing often they've got it all a baby will have a neck in spasm and they've been antibiotic exposed so they're struggling to digest protein and they're struggling as a result of all that with with uh, lactose as well and by chance they're not winding well. So this is what I mean about multiple causes layering up, causing the big issue. And it's nothing to be scared of. It's just, this is what I mean about educating you. I'm just giving you knowledge that you can run with. You might want to listen to this podcast again. I'm trying to keep it short. You might want to listen to this issue again and just write it all down and then just run through that checklist. So it's a seven point checklist, seven steps. I call it seven steps to a happy baby. I do have a book coming out soon called seven steps to a happy baby. I'm just running through these seven steps, but uh, 
I think I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to overwhelm you. I just want to introduce you to concepts so that you don't feel... I know that if you're in your lounge right now with your inconsolably crying baby, you may have tried one or two of these things, but not all of them. You haven't run through all of them and all at the same time. Very often lactose is a problem and you've got a tongue tie. So just correcting the lactose issue doesn't resolve the pain of the tongue tie. So then you do the tongue tie and still got a lactose issue. So, oh, I'm trying, here's the spaghetti junction. Here's the spaghetti junction. I'm trying not to waffle, but it's um, the concept being you are not helpless. There are so many things that you can look into right now, today, this week. Just pack your diary with looking through all these issues. (sighs) And exhale. All right, my friend. I am here. I'm going to keep putting these episodes out and hopefully this episode has sparked a little bit of hope in you. Opened your eyes to the fact that you're not helpless. You're not locked in your lounge with your screaming baby. Just get out there find the help, find the people who know and bring these points to them and say, please, can you help me figure all these things out? And if I need to do anything to help my baby, have a great day.